Did Ukraine fool Russia with a counteroffensive in the Kherson region? I've had a few videos on this, and I want to just set the context here because many of you expressed questions that perhaps there were more than one bridges, perhaps there were pontoon bridges, and so on and so forth. I'm going to try and answer each and every one of those questions. By the way, keep those questions coming. I love your comments. And we have done a whole bunch of reference links in this particular video. So you can go and get yourself enriched with more knowledge on what is going on in this particular place. So Kherson is the one area where Russia had occupied it for a while. And the region that Russia had occupied, it's not the entire Kherson Oblast, something more than just the city. So the area that Russia had occupied had, I believe, one or at the most two bridges. And, and the river itself is quite a wide river. It starts from Russia, flows through Belarus, and also through Ukraine before it goes into the Black Sea. And this river is a fairly wide river, as you can see from the backdrop here. It's a fairly wide river, and at its narrowest, which is where it is happening, like entering the delta, it may be about uh, 1,300 meters or so. That is 1.3 kilometers. But in or around the Kherson area, you can guess that it is at least five to six kilometers wide. So when you're talking about that kind of a width, it is difficult to lay pontoon bridges because pontoon bridges are essentially laid on the back of multiple boats. You put the boats back to back and then you put a road of, of, of sort on top of that and you allow tanks to go across. What uh, Ukraine has managed to do is to divert the attention of Russians to try and tell them that the offensive or the counteroffensive, I should say, was happening in Kherson region. In order to counter that, Russia had moved many troops from other places into the Kherson region. And now what has happened is the two bridges are completely broken down. No movement across those two bridges. And whatever pontoon bridges that Russia lays, the Ukrainians are able to bring them down. And, and the equipment that they are using to bring them down, I'll touch upon that in just one moment. But the more bigger problem for Russia is that there are 20,000 soldiers allegedly encircled in that Kherson region across the Dnipro River and there's no way to get access to them to give them supplies or ammunition or anything. So that is one side. They're encircled. Ukraine hasn't tried to take them out. They are just trying to wait and see what happens. We don't know what exactly Ukraine has in mind. So while all this activity was happening in the Kherson region, there has been forward advance by the Ukrainian troops in and around the Kharkov region. Kharkov is the business capital of Ukraine, some say, and this is where uh, it's all, it's in the northeast, and this is a good thousand kilometers from where Kherson is. Kherson is the southeast, and, and Kharkov, Ukrainian troops have made a, a this blitzkrieg strike and they have gone into Russian territory and they are saying that they are up to 50 kilometers inside Russia. This is a Reuters story. So you'll, you'll want to check it out. It's given as a link. Now, what is Ukraine up to? In the Kharkiv region, there is a station called, railway station called Kuplans, which is a kind of a rail hub for Russia. Now, if Ukrainians are going to be able to capture Kuplansk, then what happens is whatever supplies that Russia is doing now through railroads, even that will be challenged. Remember I told you about the other bridge 
which is a rail plus road bridge. And, and this is north of Kherson, but further, much, much so south of Kharkov. So that is another challenge for Russia. What is uh, Russia's response going to be? How are they going to defend it? It's not something easy uh, for Russia. The boundary between Ukraine and Russia is 1,300 kilometers long. And they have stationed 200,000 troops. So if you think of it in approximate numbers, it is 200 soldiers per kilometer. And that is not something that you can really guard. You can easily hit through that. So the other problem that Russia has is that in the Kharkiv region, it is expected or it is alleged that 10,000 Russian troops have also been taken prisoners, but they don't know where to place them. Uh, Ukraine says they have run out of prisoner camps. So what they're going to do there, nobody knows. So right now, Russia has been caught a little bit blindsided. They were expecting an offensive in Kherson. Kherson is sort of like in a quiet mode while Ukraine has gone and attacked a different uh, area, which is in the northeast. That's where things stand today. Now, I also have a couple of uh, other information about Russia. Looks like of the 200,000 troops that we mentioned, many are the Russian elite troops. And, and since they are encircled now, the next line that Russia is going to be putting is perhaps not as well trained. And also they are also scrambling to buy weaponry from many countries. So this is something that is now going to become more of front and center. We have to see how that plays out. Clearly, Russia has some catching up to do because what I'm also told is that um, U.S. has supplied Ukraine with H-A-R-M. This H-A-R-M. Um, Ukraine says they are able to essentially take out the S-300 and S-400 batteries of Russia, the surface-to-air. Uh, this, this is the anti-aircraft uh, missile system. In fact, S-400 has also been purchased by India. Uh, Ukrainians are claiming that they are able to take out uh, these things with their own MiG aircraft. So there is a big, big story there. We don't know yet. That might be something that we'll be able to cover tomorrow. I'm going to provide you the new links. Uh, just This is an evolving story. I want you to take a look at it from that perspective. Maybe some truth in it. Maybe it is not. But clearly, the number of videos and the links that we have provided will give you a 360-degree picture. Not everything is rosy for Ukraine. Not everything is rosy for Russia. The other challenge that Russia has is the technology of the process, that is the semiconductor process that it needs for many of its chips. The chips uh, are built on 28 nanometer technology. That's the minimum they need as a process so that they can make the chip within the existing PCBs that thousands of those have been designed. So this can't be changed. Remember that I told you about a processor that is similar to Intel's processor that can even run Intel software. You can go back to one of my previous episodes to understand and get the details of that. Turns out that internally, the best process technology that Russia has is 65 nanometer. 65 nanometer won't give you 24 or 28 nanometer process technology unless you do some serious, serious jugaad. That's the only way I can explain it. How the Russian 
uh, semiconductor engineers are going to do it. We don't know. So clearly now Russia has honored a wall there. I don't know if their Chinese brethren are going to help them or not. There's one more meeting planned between Putin and Xi Jinping in Uzbekistan, I believe, coming in the next few weeks. And that would give perhaps some resolution for them what, what direction Russia wants to take it. But whatever I'm saying here, everybody can see it. You just have to go into YouTube and you can go and look at Ukraine and look at the latest information that is coming from there. Much of the video is graphic. You can take a look at it yourself. That's why I'm just giving you the links. I don't want to add those graphics and uh, get into trouble for copyright infringement and so on and so forth. Thanks for watching. Please like, share and subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to click on the bell button for notifications. Namaskar. Thank you.